Praise God. We're looking at John chapter 10. Could we all stand all across the building if you're able? Praise the Lord. John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Praise God. Anybody familiar with that expression of Jesus? Praise God. How many came to receive something from the Lord tonight? Praise God. All right. Well, those of you that didn't, you're not going to receive anything from the Lord. But those of you that did, I feel like the Holy Ghost wants to talk to us a little bit. Now, I know I preached this morning. I'm wearing several hats. And so I've had to just sort of, I didn't have to play the organ. I thank God for that. And uh, so on. But I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. God wants to talk to us through his word. And I want to talk to you about the extraordinary life in the spirit. The extraordinary life in the spirit. And I want to talk to you about John 10 and 10. So let's lay our Bibles down and let's pray. Let's pray that God will give the preacher strength. Give us the voice to say it. I want to talk to you about the extraordinary life in the Spirit. God's going to help us tonight. Can we lift our hands together? Father, thank you right now for the anointing, the presence of God. Lord, we thank you for your wonderful Spirit. Lord, we thank you because you are real and you are moving tonight. Lord, get a hold of us. Let your divine plan, Lord, be accomplished within us. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I did that so you wouldn't have to stand so long tonight, although I, I'm going to be a few minutes before we work our way uh, to our text here. Uh, remember, Brother French and the group are traveling right now to Little Rock. We have several down there at the camp. The one, I believe it to be, and I've done quite a bit of work on the Jesus Name movement, I believe the church in Little Rock is the largest apostolic church in the world. Its building and its complex is the largest. You say, well, a lot of big, yes, that's true, but, but uh, just interesting church. And we thank God for the conference. Sister French and I are traveling in the morning. We're going to go straight to Little Rock and be in the, uh, the next two services, and then we'll head back. Brother Nathan and Sister Rachel are traveling back from Virginia, and they'll be traveling late tonight, I suppose. So they sent word they had to get the Holy Ghost this morning, they had three get the Holy Ghost. Well, anyway, I forget it all. They've had Friday service, Saturday. Did they have service on Saturday? So they had three get the Holy Ghost Friday, and then I don't remember after that. I know they had two this morning. So, And the church there is a, a, not a, well, I, I don't know that it's a really large church, but yet they got hungry folks, and folks got the Holy Ghost. So remember them as they travel and others and uh, pray for each of these, we thank God for what God is doing through Apostolic Tabernacle. And uh, every day in August, we, uh, when you start your prayer time, I'm asking you to seek God for revival. You say, well, why would you emphasize revival in August when it, everybody's coming and going? Because the Holy Ghost wants us to do that. And so we're emphasizing revival. Now we're having, uh, we're studying Hebrews. We'll be finishing that hopefully uh, we'll end Hebrews this month. But the last two Wednesday nights, we'll have uh, the ministry of 
the uh, brother and sister Harvey, brother and sister Reese will be with us the last two Wednesday nights. We're calling it Wednesday Revivals or Revival Wednesdays, whatever. Uh, I have called it a Wendy's Revival, but it's not Wendy's. It's Wednesday's Revivals, all right? And so that will be the last two. And then uh, we have the Jacksons who will be here shortly. So uh, we're bringing these uh, excellent preachers in to uh, set our young people, set all of us uh, in a place of revival. Amen. Even though uh, Satan is fighting and, and uh, these are the last days, I feel a direct word from God to talk to us tonight about the extraordinary life. I've come that they might have what? Life. Now, everybody, of course, has life if they're living. How many knows that's just true? If they're living, they have life. And so we can't be talking about that because there are folks, there are some people that could do every bit as good as some Christians do and be sinners, come to church, sit there and do nothing. They have this, so how can you show any difference in life? You never raise a hand, you never praise God, you have no interest in praising God. So we can't be talking about that life. There is something deeper, and I believe God wants us to, uh, to explore it here tonight. Now, <clears throat> um, the uh, the Gospel of John is showing us in chapter 10 an aspect of Jesus that we see nowhere else. Only the beloved, what the Bible calls the beloved disciple. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Praise God. Only the beloved disciple, John, who was the youngest disciple in fact, there are many things that John does that no other, and if the Bible bores you, I'm so, I feel so bad that it does. But there's the, so many things that John says that no other gospel talks about. And there's a reason for that. John was trying to say things. He wrote way up in, he also wrote, of course, the book of Revelation. And so he was trying to get to some things that the other gospels had not said. And it was critical. Oh, hallelujah. And so in the gospel of John chapter 10, um, this very momentous question of verse 10, John 10, 10, Jesus uh, is, is giving a parable, verse 6, as it's a parable. Everybody say parable. And so, so help me get through it. I want to I talk about this life that Jesus is talking about. The life of the Holy Ghost, is, of the power of God, is, uh, is more powerful than just... Um, claiming to be a member or just saying, I go to church somewhere. But it is a deep and powerful life that the Spirit brings. Can you say praise the Lord? And so even on a Sunday night, you may be worn to a frazzle. And I'm not sure what a frazzle is. We'll check on Webster's later. But even if you're worn to a complete frazzle, and you could still manage to wave a little finger and say, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, because the life of the Spirit is in you. Praise God. It gives evidence. He came to give life. So Jesus said this parable, that his message regarding who are the true sheep? Who are the true sheep? And so the question was, and we're trying to summarize it here. One translation says, now listen, verse 1, I'm reading, it doesn't matter which one. One of the translations says, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate, then they're a thief. In other words, it's the, the way you recognize a thief is that they're trying to get in, but they don't have the life of the Spirit. 
In other words, they're not, a, they're not a sheep. How many know that if you see somebody climbing over the wall, that's not the sheep? The sheep are doing what? They're coming through the gate. A real sheep is going to be out there led by the shepherd. Somebody sneaking in and doing other things, then they're, they're a thief, Jesus said. Now, that sets us up for something very powerful. In other words, someone that's sneaking in, then they're not following the shepherd, then they're, uh, they're, they're Jesus said, they're a thief. They're, uh, they're a robber. And, and so in verse 10, that's why he, be, he begins this particular verse and says, that the thief cometh not but for to kill and so forth. And, and that's very interesting because a lot of times people would say, well, the, a thief just wants your possessions, but Jesus said they come not but for to kill. In other words, part of their motivation is they don't care who you are or what you have. Uh, we've had several recent Atlanta break-ins where uh, there were folks unable to defend themselves with no reason at all. They shot and killed folks right there in their homes because that's the, that's the mentality of a thief. If someone's breaking in, and let me say tonight, hey, hey, saint, you need to listen to your pastor. You don't need the spirit of a thief. You need to have the spirit of a worshiper. You need to come in at the gate. Hallelujah. He said, enter at the gate with thanksgiving and praise. Hallelujah. But some people, the least little thing, they're unable to praise God. They're completely destroyed because somebody didn't shake their hand or they didn't get what they want. And so instead of praising God, they're, they're, they're doing something else. And that spirit, you have to be very careful because the spirit of the thief is the spirit that says, I don't have to enter in. I don't have to do what God wants me to do. And so it, so was the parable that Jesus gave. I find that one of the most amazing parables that you've got a thief that comes over the wall, the sheep are coming through, and then Jesus introduces this powerful statement about the life of the Spirit. So whatever the ones are that are climbing over the wall, Jesus says they're a thief. But, you know, that what, thief of what? I mean, are they stealing your uh, praise? Are they stealing, uh, you know, it's a symbol. It's a parable. And so I'm not, I'm not here. I don't want to further ex- explore it. But, but there's one thing for sure. The one that's climbing over the wall is not the shepherd. You don't need to be listening to people that are sneaking in. You need to be listening to the shepherd. Everybody say praise the Lord. And I feel the Holy Ghost here. Can we just lift our hands and praise him one more time? Father, thank you because you can get a hold of us. And you can introduce us, Lord, to your divine purpose. And so, so it is. So the one climbing over the wall is up to no good. Uh, I keep saying I'm going to leave that alone. But uh, they're not the shepherd. And then there is the shepherd, Jesus said, who is very dedicated to the sheep and their well-being. Of course, we know the shepherd is a, the pastor is a symbol of the shepherd, but, but, but I'm not going to suggest that this chapter is referring to the pastor. It's referring, of course, to the shepherd who is our Lord, and uh, he's dedicated, and he says, I am come that they might have life, so the one climbing over the wall is there for some other reason. And the one that is leading them through the gate, that is the true shepherd. And so the shepherd is dedicated to coming. I am come for this purpose that they might 
That is, anybody, whosoever they are, that they might have life and that they might have it, a specific kind of life. And then the King James that I'm reading from says, more abundantly. Can you say that with me? More abundantly. Praise God. That they might have it more abundantly. Praise God. So Jesus' very reason for coming is explained here. But we know that everyone living has life. So something deeper is meant than just breathing. More than oh, what, you know, are you alive, wealth or dead? That We're not talking about that. We're talking about a life that is introduced by the Spirit. Jesus came to give to his people who love his name and are filled with the Spirit. He came to give them a quality of life, never known before oh hallelujah i believe tonight that god has come to introduce people to an abundant of life an abundance of life because jesus adds because this life is a unique and special possession which the translators here are rendering more abundantly praise god that he might have life more abundantly so of course the means of acquiring this life is through the blood of Jesus and having the Spirit fill you to overflowing. Did you know that you could have the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, and have that Spirit leak out of your life? You, in other words, there's times you're filled, and there's times you are not filled. And so I'm not asking you to judge yourself here tonight, but there are times when, when you are, you're just bubbling over with the Spirit of God, and other times when you're... Maybe life is tough or something's happening and, and, and instead of being able to get into the presence of God. But let me tell you something, my friend. You, there's always the opportunity for us to enter into the presence of God and the spirit to fill our, our very soul. Praise God. Can we lift our hands? Come on, let's praise him one more time. Father, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, oh God, you are still great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. And so it is that the Spirit of God fills us and gives us a quality of life that is introduced by the presence of the Holy Ghost. And so we, we have to have the blood of Jesus. We have to have the Spirit fill our hearts to overflowing. So now we then find it's hard to describe. Has anybody here got the Holy Ghost tonight? Have you ever found it difficult to explain what it is when you're in the presence of the Lord and the Holy Ghost is moving? You try to explain that to someone and, and God is there. <laughs> Praise God. And, the, and suddenly the Holy Ghost is moving and, uh, and, and you are trying to explain to somebody else. Uh, recently we had somebody get the Holy Ghost and they were trying to explain it to one of their family members. You know how strange it sounds when you tell someone, I'm, I'll never forget when... Uh, uh, well, several times, but when I received the Holy Ghost, I, I was nervous about going to my family and telling them they were all, uh, they, they, they weren't in the church. And, and I, I was nervous because I was going to have to go home and, and tell them that I had gotten the Holy Ghost and that I had begun to speak in other tongues. You know what I thought? You know what I thought? They're going to say, wacko. They're going to say, weirdo. They're not going to get it. And, and that's exactly what they said. But the fact of the matter was, it was joy unspeakable. It was full of glory. It was God's power coming into my life. Praise God. Praise God. I'm so glad the devil's mad tonight. I'm so glad the devil's mad because the Holy Ghost is trying to show us that no matter what we face, our God is an abundant God. He is able. He is bigger than every problem that we face. 
You have to be very, very careful sneaking over the wall because it is possible that uh, when we are not able to fulfill what the Spirit's trying to do in us, God could just set us down. God, you never know, folks. You need, it's a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of a God that has all the power. We need to say, Lord, here I am. I humble myself. Praise God. Listen, if Jesus was willing to die to bring this life to my life, then I need to be willing to humble myself before God. Anybody think we need to humble ourselves before God? It's an important quality that we humble ourselves. Don't use an excuse. Don't say, hey, my wife, my husband, my son, my daughter. Don't blame it on anybody else. You need to listen to what the Spirit is saying in your heart, in your life. And so it is. The Spirit comes and uh, it's joy unspeakable. I'm trying to hurry because i got several things I want to say. But I, I want to say this. Some years ago I was preaching uh, in a certain district. And uh, Sister French and I were together. And there was a... Uh, you were with me in Ohio when the tall fellow named Jim got the Holy Ghost right. All right, so uh, I was preaching and, and uh, a young lady came from the bank. And she... Uh, was the pastor's the pastor worked at this bank the pastor's wife and and they became friends and she came to church and I was the evangelist and I was preaching and as soon as I got done preaching that young lady her name was Linda she got up and she ran to the altar and I mean she got the Holy Ghost I mean, she'd, be, she'd never been to a Pentecostal church. As far as I know, she'd never been to a Pentecostal church. But they'd been talking about it at the bank. You know, uh, things get pretty boring, I guess, at the bank. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So they're, they're at the bank, and they're, you know, do whatever they do, do at the bank. Now, my son works at the bank, but he's not here, so I can make it up as I go. But um, so they're counting the money. I don't know what they'll do. Uh, hello, how are you? Can I help you? I want to deposit a million dollars. Okay, thank you. And, and then you take the million dollars. And so they're talking at the bank. She'd never been to a Pentecostal church but she began to describe it to her and, and try to tell her and so she said well you know I'm I'm, I'm so and so I'm not going to say what she was had been raised in a kind of a denominal setting but she all she ever knew was walk in sit down very quiet it wasn't a whole lot you know wasn't very loud wasn't anything like Pentecostal but but very I'm sure wonderful people but but she said I, I I'm suddenly what began to happen was the transference of the life of the spirit in one person began to affect another person hey let me tell you something my friend the holy ghost is so powerful that it begins to touch the people that are around us and so linda came to the service and ran to the altar got the holy ghost and and so they were gonna we said you got need to be baptized and so we baptized her they did the evangelist rarely does the baptizing so brother cottrell baptized her and uh, she came out in her hair she had just gotten her hair done really nice Really fancy, like you know, with the little curlies here. You know, you know what? I'm I'm not going to describe it, but it's real nice. And and you know, it costs you know quite a bit. Uh, I guess. I mean, I don't know. My I do my hair, but it doesn't cost a lot. But anyway, so um, so she she got the Holy Ghost and she got baptized. And when she got baptized, she hadn't thought about it, but she was worried sick about her husband because her husband was gonna. She wanted to hide, you know, hide it. <laughs> she was gonna from her husband, whose name was Jim. He was about six something. I mean, and when he came up like this, I had to stand on, not down here. Hey, Jim. He was tall. He was so mad. First of all, that she had gone to an evening service because that was an evening service. And he said, now, it's one thing to go to church on a Sunday morning, but to go to church at night 
That is absolutely fanaticism. He was so mad at her. And she was going to hide it from him until she got in the baptistry and her curlies all went flat right on her head. And she said, oh, my goodness, I never thought of it. My husband's going to he's going to know that I got baptized. And, and she said, and what do I tell him? I can't tell him. I can't tell him I talked in tongues. She, was, she didn't know what she was just frantic. And I said, here's what you do. You go, well, we did, but Pastor and I, we were talking to her. We said, you go home, and, and uh, Sister Cottrell, they were all, we were all trying to help her. She was so nervous. When she got home and he saw her hair flattened on her head, and, and she wasn't about to tell him all that, she said, well, I did get baptized. She never mentioned speaking a language she never knew. She didn't bring that up. And he got so mad, he said, I am going to go to that church, and I'm going to sock I believe that's what he said. Maybe he didn't say sock. Punch? I thought he said sock. But I need to look at that. I wrote, I wrote that down, believe you me. And he said, I am going to sock that preacher in the face. And that'll show him to get my wife and get her baptized. And so... We had told her what you do is you go you go in and you get his house shoes and you say here hun and you just <laughs> this is what we told her I'm just telling you the truth we said go in and and then are you hungry would you like what can I get for you because she was going to come back to that night service this was in between the services and she said he'll never let me come back and she I, we said well just be really nice and she fixed she says what do you want today and it was whatever it was gourmet. I'm sure it was shrimp and grits. But anyway, whatever it was. And so she went in. She fixed it. She came out. She's, he said, you know, honey, I like that church. This was earlier in the day. I really like that church. Now, what was it called? Pentecostal. Okay. They really have a, a nice impact on you. And then about 530 or so, she said, oh, well, I've got to go. Here's, I've got your pillow. Here's your paper. She, he said, where are you going? She said, I'm going to church. It's a revival. And it's going to go all week long. Every night. Monday night. Tuesday night. He said, that's it. I'm putting my foot down. So that's when he, he said, all right. I, I, he stormed out. She comes in from the night service with her curls flat on her head. And that's when he said, I'm going. And I told the pastor. I said, let everybody know who the pastor is. Get the word out who the pastor of this, of this church is. And so she gets home, and he's so mad he won't speak to her. So he, she says to him, now listen, Jim, listen, I, I really want this. I really need this. It's done something to me. She said, and, and then when I raised my hand and I started speaking in other tongues, and he went, what? What? You, 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 you got involved in this wacky church. She said, don't you know that millions and millions and millions, the fastest growing church in the world is a Pentecostal church where they talk in other tongues and I've been desiring the Holy Ghost all this time. He said, you listen to me. I'm never going to that church. And I refuse to go to that church. And don't try to get me to pray because I tried it already tonight and I got Nowhere. And Linda looked over at him and said, you what? 
Well, to be honest, when you went to church tonight, I knelt here at this bed and I said to God, Lord, I need help. I need an answer and I don't know how to get it. And I felt nothing and I got nothing and I embarrassed myself and I'm not going. Don't try to get me to go. I'm not going to church. And she said, Jim, I can't believe it. You knelt and prayed in our house. And tears started running down his face. And he said, if I can just get to a place where I can feel the anointing of the Spirit. If I can, I don't, he didn't say it in those words. I mean, that sounds like a Pentecostal preacher. But you know what I'm saying. If I could just get in a church. And she said, listen, Jim, it was so easy. I just knelt there and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came on my life. And I got the Holy Ghost. And she showed him in the Bible. Tuesday night, in come Jim. I was preaching. I was a little nervous. And every time he'd kind of come a little closer, I'd... I preached. I'll never forget the message I preached. But anyway, I got done preaching that night, and the Holy Ghost was just moving everywhere. And I, uh, and I knew he was mad and upset. I hadn't got the full story about his Sunday night prayer meeting he had a little bit. But, you know, I wasn't so sure that was the real thing. And so I was watching him out of the corner of my eye. And so I was, I was said, everybody come. And the very first person in that altar was six foot two Jim. And I walked over to him real slow. Didn't want to run. Didn't want to startle him. And when I got up to him and the pastor, they were all coming around. And I said, Jim, do you feel what I feel? Tears started running down his face. Folks, church, I want to tell you something. There is something about the spirit that is so powerful and extraordinary. It can transfer from your soul. It can move from you. Folks, there's no need to be a thief and climb over the wall. We can enter in at the gate and the presence of God and be led there by the shepherd of our soul. I am come that they might have life. And they, they might have it more abundantly. Let's clap our hands, shall we? One more time. Let's just clap our hands and praise God. Is that all right if I preach a little bit? I know, I know some of you are thinking, oh, brother, please, please, please. I need some peanut butter and crackers. Help me, Jesus. All right, but listen. Listen to me. I want to talk to you for just a moment about this abundance. Now, they, it's very, very interesting. He says, what, what does he mean by abundantly? Everybody say abundantly. So that's the first question. So here we go. The word is parasan. Of course, I teach Greek, and, and I know you don't care. But I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that this tells me then parasan. I'm not talking about a city. I'm not talking about Paris. Is anybody awake? All right, I'm not talking about Paris. That's a, that's a city. I'm talking about a Greek word, parasan, that's translated here abundantly. Actually, it's translated more abundantly perfectly fine way to translate it the question is what does it mean and therefore because it's parasan it is an adjective it describes the life of jesus that is in us in other words he gives us life i've come that they might have it so there are two nouns parasia which means abundance and perisuma which means a surplus are you listening 
a surplus, like the water's running over the top of the glass. It's perisuma. But all three words are the same different uses in uh, the, in the language. One's a noun, one's an adjective. Okay, but, but what does that really mean? Now, the verbal form is uh, perisuo. I know you don't care. I don't, 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 don't t- I, there's no test. Nobody cares. Perisuo is the verb form. It's used many, many times, and I'm saying this for a reason. Because when you get to the verb form, that is to have it, to have, uh, to be living to have something that is uh, abundance in the verb form is means the following things. One, to be more than enough or present in abundance. Like I said, the glass got the water. Uh, so it's more than enough. Here's a glass, but wait, that's more than with the milk spilling. Oh, the coffee, I'm going to spill the coffee. It's, it, or, or extremely rich in something. That's what... That's the first meaning. How many knows that words have varied meanings? And so the verb form has uh, 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 some varied meaning. Let's say two varied meanings. And so, for example, I, I, see, I, off the top of my head, I'll try to think I won't be able to. Um, uh, uh, so words can have uh, same exact word, but different nuances of meaning and so it is with the word abundance more than enough so far everything now the second meaning is to have something in abundance well uh and so jesus is using this word here to talk about the life of the spirit so i find it very interesting that some people can't even handle somebody offending them they can't handle it, a simple offense like somebody not treating them a certain way or not getting what they want. And so suddenly they're offended and they simply cannot handle. Their spiritual life is in turmoil because, folks, that, that can't be. That can't be the life of the Spirit. I've met people that say, well, I... Uh, well, I, okay, I won't go there. I was going to say, I have people that say, well, Brother Fincher, I got the Holy Ghost. I didn't speak in tongues. And I say, well, th- th- that you may have the Spirit working and so on, but, but there is a baptism and a life of the Spirit that is only an abundant life. It is only through and of the Spirit. And it comes because we uh, are filled with the Spirit. He moves in us. And so far, everything that we've looked at can be boiled down to having lots and lots of something. Everybody okay? Can you say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. So the question is, what is it that you have lots and lots of? Is it the spirit or is it the life of the spirit? Now, the word that we're looking at here can mean these things, three things. Something that is remarkable. That's the first meaning of the noun that sounds like the city of Paris. Parison. That's a Greek word. And it means something remarkable. Does anybody here tonight understand that Jesus came to give us a life that is remarkable? Do you understand what I mean? 
My dad never could pass a bar. Now you listen to me. He couldn't even one, one, oh my goodness, I don't know, I can't go there, but there are so many examples that I, I don't even dare because it's on tape and I, I've said it enough. I've, I've said it so many times. It's, Lord, I don't have to repeat it. But here's a man that couldn't pass a bar room. One day, uh, Jesus, forgive me, but one day he said, uh, we were all in the car, my folks had divorced, and he had uh, custody. He didn't have custody, but he had uh, visitation rights. And so, um, is this okay, Sister French? Can you handle this? All right, so he said... I'm just going to stop for a minute at this bar. We were with him alone. Mom lived somewhere else. We were there just for Saturday and Sunday. And I said, Dad, don't go in there. I'll just be a minute. I just need a drink. I said, Dad, you know that's not true. The girls were little, and I was the only boy still at home, and, and uh, they had the other, my brothers hightailed it out of there fast as they could leave town after the divorce. And uh, this had happened uh, on many occasions, but, but this was the worst. I'm, it's still in, like imprinted upon my, my soul. And this was, uh, we were on our way to do laundry, and the, the laundry place was right there, and here was the bar. And I said, Dad, please, please, you know you, know you can't uh, handle it. No, yes, I can. Just get on in there. Get the laundry. I'll be in there in a couple minutes. And uh, that was about 10 in the morning. About midnight, I finally got so scared with my two little sisters. And I didn't know what to do. And I knew Dad was completely wasted, but I thought I've got to... I've got to try something. And I went in and I found him in the dark of that bar room. I forget how old I was. And I said, Dad, you're too drunk to drive, but we're too young to sit out here all night long. You're taking us home. That was the kind of life he had to live. Of course, he was ashamed. And I, I, we may have to. Who's up there? Brother. Michael, make a note to erase this whole story right. For them. <laughs> he's, he thinks I'm serious. Um, he, but he's going to he's gonna erase that whole thing right off the tape because it's, it's far too personal. But, but wasn't too long afterward. It was a good bit, but I, it wasn't like a million years. That suddenly dad was sitting at a bar with the vodka. When the Holy Ghost came into that room, you say, that's not, yes, it's possible. It happened. My dad, Alvin French, who's now 88, 89, did he turn it? Okay, now you have to erase it. All right, all right. So he's either 88 or 89. And suddenly, hallelujah, the power of the Holy Ghost came into that room and the bar and the shaking of the bottles. I, I don't know if they actually shook, but you know what I'm saying. The Holy Ghost touched Alvin French and it knocked him off of that bar stool. And before he could get to the basement, he was talking in other tongues. God had filled him with the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God. Now I know he was then about, well, that's been a long time ago. 
I was in. I was a young, young man in college, not married. Young man in college. Of course, I spent my whole life in college, but you understand what I'm saying. God filled him with the Spirit. Now you listen. He never touched. Now he smoked. Uh, I don't know if they're still around. I don't keep up with it, but he. I did see the other day that they're about five dollars a pack around here. Somewhere I was a big thing. Maybe it's more than that. He smoked at those days what was known as lucky strikes. And I always told him that's the most unlucky strike you ever put in your mouth. Both my mom and my dad were so bound to tobacco, they couldn't stop smoking. They called my mother. uh, Started racing right now. So my mother was what they called a chain smoker. She She could start smoking and then... I told her one time, I said, That's the, you're going to get in the Guinness Book of Records sucking a cigarette so fast that the ashes are going to stay there. And it's just like one puff and the cigarette's gone. The truth of the matter was they were bound to that. Just like my father was also bound, for whatever reason, to alcohol. Destroyed his marriage and everything else. But when God got a hold of him, when the Spirit came, you say, well, what happened? He went to AA. No, no, he did not. He never drank another drop of alcohol. From the minute the Spirit came, it's abundant and it's remarkable and it's extraordinary. That's what I'm telling you. Praise God. They used to put lucky strikes in these little bitty uh, pouches. I don't know what they do now. Uh, today, the longer the cigarette, I see people walking around. They've got cigarettes so long. I can't find one long enough, but I mean, they're just literally look like they're smoking branches off of a off of a tree. But in those days, they were little and they went a little pack and a little red stripe around them. He took those lucky strikes. He wept like a baby, <laughs> he said. And, and folks, I wasn't there. Now, I had received the Holy Ghost, but I didn't live with dad. I lived with mom. They'd been divorced for years. I barely knew my own dad. But the Holy Ghost got a hold of him in such a powerful fashion that he took his cigarettes, he took his booze, took his vodka, he took everything, and it was gone just like this. Because of the extraordinary change of life that comes through the power of the Spirit. Praise God. And so tonight, our title, The Extraordinary Life of the Spirit. Number two, something that goes, this is the word that sounds like Paris, something that goes beyond what is necessary Praise God. Does anybody feel like you weren't worthy, but he made you worthy? (laughs) Hallelujah. Just think if you were a a drunkard and then all of a sudden God reaches down. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. Come on. Maybe you've been asleep till now. Nobody in this world deserves to go to hell without a chance to be touched by the extraordinary power of the Holy Ghost. They have a right to hear it. Everybody has a... Listen. No, no, listen, Jesus didn't just die for people with my color skin and that are tall like me. He didn't just die for tall people like me. So I have to have a good spirit. And I have to say, okay, now I know there are people that aren't as tall as me, 
But God, God's going to touch them. I don't know why you're looking like that at me. I don't care what they've done. You see, Brother Finch, there's some rough people. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. And they're Roman streets, and we've got a culture that's in chaos. We know that. We've got a world that's in trouble. But they still deserve to hear the gospel. They ought to be hearing it from somebody that loves their soul. Praise God. Someone said, well, they went to a church and it was boring and so on. They deserve a chance to hear the gospel in its power and the Holy Ghost falling all about them. So it is. So it is. Now, here we've gotten to the bottom of the real meaning of abundance. Everybody say abundance. Everybody say abundance. I'm going to end. I'm about to stop. I know you think, oh, no, here he goes. He got another breath. No, 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 no. Just about to wrap it up. Even though I'm, man, oh man, if you knew. But we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here in just a second. The basic meaning of abundance. You say, well, what is a life that's abundant? What does that mean? Does it mean I got a lot of life? No. And I got one thing to do with having a lot of breath. It's not I have a thing to do with having a lot of life. That's not the way to understand it. The word that sounds like Paris, Parisan, means in its basic adjective meaning to exceed the usual. Can you say that meaning with me? To exceed the usual. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Extraordinary life of the Spirit. Oh, my goodness. So the world says, uh, true story, it's too good to be true. We're going to, you're a winner. I get it almost every day. In fact, we, we got one time a, thing in the mail when was that and I had won how many millions I was a multi-millionaire I had won millions this friendship if you ever tell the rest of that story I, I, and why am I bringing it up I don't know I've just lost my mind I don't know but I won millions I was the richest man in Pentecost it was in this big letter and oh my goodness it was just unbelievable <laughs> You can smile, but you cannot tell the rest of that story. But here's a true story. They bombarded her mailbox, and every one of the letters said, no purchase necessary. Just match this number. Her name was Vicki, and she had definitely won she hadn't even entered, but she had won. And they assured her that her winnings would include one of five fabulous prizes. All she had to do was visit a resort, take a short tour, and the prize was theirs. And the list was mailed to them. This is what you've won. And the husband talked her into going. I... 
uh, it doesn't matter who this is. It's not, don't, don't try to guess who this is. So here are the prizes. Number one, a new car. You've won it. One of these five things. A sports boat. A riding lawnmower. Now, if you had your choice, which of those would you take? But never mind. That's not part of the sermon. Number four, $1,000 in cash. They'd won that. Or a 13-inch color television. And so all the way to the resort, they were talking about, well, it'll be the 13-inch television. And they're going to, uh, you know, thir- whatever, whatever size that looks like. So when they got there, refused to buy, they told them to drive around to the pickup window for their prize. That's when she knew it was not the car. They reached the window. They were informed they had won the sports boat. Confused, slightly intrigued, suddenly they handed the boat out the window. (laughs) It was in a box. It had the inflator with it and the plastic oars. That's the kind of stuff I win. You say, well, that's, you knew that was just funny. Yes. But it's not funny when the world promises you something. Your immoral life or your drugs or whatever, that's going to make you happy, your, your booze. They cannot deliver. But our great shepherd, Hallelujah. He is able to deliver. Praise God. Doesn't matter who it is or where they've come from. He is able to deliver. Praise God. So it is. The extraordinary life is seen in so many varied ways. But let me conclude with just one. The life of the shepherd so that the sheep would have a life that exceeds the usual. The devil hates it because the power of the Spirit fills lives and turns you around and puts holiness into your soul and makes you an extraordinary individual. Suddenly, I don't mean this this isn't a pat on the back. I'm just telling you, you used to be a drunk, but all of a sudden you're filled with the life of God. And the devil attacks and he cannot win. In Africa, where millions are being filled and baptized, in fact, in one nation alone, I'm talking about Jesus' name baptism, three to four million so far have been baptized in this particular nation. I preached there some time ago. The devil stirred up opposition to stop the apostolic church, but the church began to pray. The life of the Spirit was abundant, and they began to call out to God. Others had been killed. I'm not saying that they weren't hurt. Many died. I'm not uh, suggesting that it was just, you know, you flip your finger. What, what's that called? Click, click your finger. You don't flip your finger. I'm sorry. You, sorry about that. Snap. Oh, some people call that click. Anybody call that click? No. All right. Well, I love Georgia, so we'll go with, uh, what is it? Snap. That sounds painful.
So they begin to target the churches in Ethiopia. They took Brother Tekli and they, who I preached for, the, one of the largest churches in the world. And they, I know there are children here, I'm about to say something there, I have to be careful. Um, they beat him so severely that uh, and they killed him. Uh, they threw him out for dead, his scalp, but I can't go much deeper than that. They took his baby, and I'm, I'm, I realize, okay, so I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, and when they were done, of course, they'd lost that child, and uh, that's as severe as I can get with that. And so... Um, and they thought they were going to shut down the church. Let me tell you something about the power of the life of the Spirit. No devil in hell can stop the extraordinary power of the Holy Ghost in someone's life, no matter what they do. Praise God. And so, uh, so that's another story. That's all. Anna, I, could, I shouldn't have brought this particular nation up because it's so many amazing miracles. But uh, I, I wanted to share this one with you because I was there and I was experienced some things that changed me forever. And so um, uh, they, they began to uh, kill the saints. And so the church began to pray and they said, Lord, we, we need protection. We need your help. And so the, the building that housed, the, let's just call them Gestapo. There's, I don't have a clue uh, what the word was. Brother, uh, we have a missionary in Africa. He might could... Uh, he might know some of the language I don't know but uh, so they they begin to pray and while they prayed all of a sudden out of nowhere lightning struck the building and burned the building down where they were housing the Gestapo so they had to leave there so they got mad you say well they surely they gave up no of course not the next thing they did was they because this was during the communist takeover and there was a lot of chaos so we're not blaming it on the government, blaming it on nobody except evil people. And so they came in, and I'm, I'm reading it now because this is exactly the way it happened. That made them so mad that they decided they would simply take the bombs that the communist takeover had left over and that they would throw it into the midst of the church and blow one of the biggest churches in the world to smithereens. Just throw it, just grab it. You know, it was pretty good size. I don't didn't see the bomb, but one guy was chosen. You go in there. Uh, and, of course, their language is called Ambaric, and it's a beautiful, amazing language. But they, he, he was to grab the bomb and run as fast. He couldn't let anybody see him in the dead of darkness. Uh, dead of darkness? Of night? In the dead of night? Okay, that's good. The dead of night works. All right, so he grabs the bomb and he runs to the church and he says, whatever, Harry Carey, or whatever the word was in Amharic. I don't know the word. Brother Lad, I'm sorry, I'm butchering the African. <laughs> ah! He throws it and he says, Harry Carey, and he tries, and the bomb won't, he can't let go of the bomb. So they, he goes back and he said, I can't, I can't get the bomb. I can't get the bomb out of my hands. So they took the bomb out. 
And they said, what's wrong with you? You were chosen. You go, go on. You're, you're just a, you're a, you're a traitor, a failure. You're, you're, you're not part of us anymore. So they got the next guy and they strap him up and they put it in his hands. It's bomb of a thing. And when you throw it, it's got a, so long. You, and, and then you, when you throw it, you pull or however it worked. And so he does Harry carry, which I know is Japanese, but everyone understand what I'm saying? So he runs up and he's going to throw the bomb into the middle of the biggest church in the world. And the devil says, oh, man, oh, boy, we're going to blow these Christians up. And the bomb won't let go of his hands. So he's scared to death he's going to blow himself up. And so he runs back. They try this several times until finally they have to give up. And a bunch of the folks turned to the others and said, this is not a coincidence. There's something scary going on here. We wanted to destroy them and God was on their side. And so they turned around and they walked in and they got the Holy Ghost at the largest church in the world. Folks, I want to tell you something. There's something extraordinary about the power of the Holy Ghost. And it can make a difference. The Bible said it's joy, what? Unspeakable. It's inexpressible. I have a hard time expressing it. It's so abundant. It's flowing over. It's remarkable. It's joyous and it's great because God has filled me with the life of the Spirit. Could we stand together? Come on, let's clap our hands. Let's thank God right now. Come on, let's thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I feel your presence. I feel your touch tonight, oh God. I pray that you'll have your way. Speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Sister French, are you coming? Let's 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 do this. Sister French and I are gonna we'll, is she actually all right, she is actually coming. Let's let's just come and stand around the front. We want, we're not gonna we're not gonna stay long. I feel like the Lord wants to just encourage us that He can take care of our needs. If you've got a son or a daughter, if you've got a young person getting back in school, and you're worried about what the enemy might do, this would be a good night to just. Lift your hands and thank God. Come on, everybody that can, just come and pray with us. We're just going to dismiss around the front. Okay, Sister French, what are you going to sing? It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Glory full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the has never yet been told. Let's clap our hands. Here we go. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's full of glory. Full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the half has never yet been told. One more time. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. It is joy and full glory and the half has never yet been told. been told hallelujah let's pray with somebody let's reach out just take someone by the hand praise God praise God he is Lord yes he is 
Let's try it. Let's see if we could do it a little bit of it a cappello. He is Lord. 